So this week, um, we're going to be looking at our, our second kind of spiritual food, which is Christian community. Um, so what, this goes by a special name and a name that I think we all heard before, and that's simply church. Abraham Lincoln once quoted, uh, was actually once quoted as saying, if all people who fell asleep in church on Sunday morning were laid out end to end, they'd be a great deal more comfortable. But this is not really what we see when we read the Bible. This isn't the, the biblical image of church, um, at least not what it's supposed to be. And uh, the relevance, obviously, of falling asleep is not what we saw with the stories in the gospel. So something's not quite right there. So this week we're going to be discussing the place of the church um, in the life of a follower of Jesus. Now the word church um, has uh, many different meanings, as often words have more than one meaning, and, and church definitely has several meanings. When, when someone says the word church, it brings to mind different things. It could mean to you perhaps the building, uh, maybe the service, a weekly event, um, an institution or denomination, or perhaps even a community of people. Like Lincoln, some of these may have some negative uh, connotations to them. I think that video was great, but I that certainly didn't resonate with what I thought the church was before I came back um, and started to reconnect uh, with my faith. Um, and some of the things people may think of as those hard pews and, I, um, and some songs that you can't sing or, or, or don't seem quite in touch with who you are anymore um, and just being really, really bored and, and, and just kind of, that's kind of the common image we get. I mean, uh, Rowan Atkinson, the, uh, the actor who plays Mr. Bean, Several times he plays a skit where he's falling asleep, which is quite hilarious. But I think before I, I, I reconnected, I, I really do feel that that was kind of me, where I could be falling asleep and falling over my poor neighbor and um, not really paying attention to what was going on at the front. So there's two things to keep in mind as we continue. Uh, is that the church is a gathered people. Jesus said, where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am with them. And that's in Matthew 18, 20. And the church understood this way can also be seen as a preview of how God wants his kingdom to look like. And we see ideas of this, and this shouldn't be too foreign, because we hear things like such as the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what I'd like to do first tonight is look at three different ways that we can think of the role of the church. What has God called this group to be, of, uh, and why God has called a group of people together in the first place. So the first way we can look at this is the church as a working model. This kind of goes to the Lord's Prayer example from a few seconds ago. When the designers of the Sky Dome, now the Rogers Centre, but it'll be Sky Dome in my mind, um, in Toronto called a press conference to announce that the plans to build a new stadium, obviously there's going to be tons of questions on, on what this is going to be. And Sky Dome was, was revolutionary. So to really wrap your head around it, you know, people are asking, you know, how is this roof thing going to work? How, where is it going to look, be, what's it going to look like? And, and, and I can't really get this in my head. So they build a miniature, they build a model, so that when you look at the model, you don't have to ask the questions. You can see it. You can kind of get a sense of what it looks like, what it's going to be like to walk through the stands, what those bleachers will look like, and hopefully how well that, that beautiful dome will open up for you. And so with this miniature model showing clearly what we may not be able to understand just simply by hearing words. 
So basically what this is, it's a glimpse. It's a glimpse of what the makers of the Sky Dome intended the Sky Dome to be. It's what the future held. It wasn't the real thing, it wasn't in full completion, but it was a taste of what's to come. And in much the same way, the church is intended by God to be a working model of what God wants it to be. So we're not there yet, and we won't be there anytime soon, but this is a working model. And this community is to live as the previews of God's reign. The word church means those who have been called out. And the church as a community has been called out from the popular values and the cultural norms that are pervasive in whatever culture you happen to be, in our case, in our culture. And we are, we are called to, to live within the culture, but not as a part of it. Sometimes you'll hear, not of this world. And that's simply what it means, to be something different than just what everyone else is saying. And living for something that is different than what maybe is being said around you. And when you live like this, people are supposed to look at the church and say, wow, I want what they've got, right? Just when they saw that model of the Sky Dome and they thought, wow, I can't wait to sit there. I want my season's tickets. Hopefully they did. Um, we want people to look at the church and say, wow, you know, I'm really missing something. There's something there that's of value. I'm excited. And Aristides was a philosopher in Athens in the second century, and he observed the first Christians, the early church, and this is what he recorded in 125 AD. He says, They walk in humility and kindness, and falsehood is not found among them. They love one another. He that, is, uh, he that has distributes liberally to him who does not have. If they see a stranger, they bring him under their own roof and rejoice over him as if he were their own brother. So what's happening is he's looking at the, the early church and he's saying, wow, these people are different. There's something here. So, and connected to this is our second idea of, of what the church should look like and how, what the role of the church is, and that's salt of the earth. Now, that may not mean much, so let's unpack this a bit. Um, are we going to get the Bibles out? Okay. So, if we can all take a Bible, we're going to look at uh, Matthew 5, chapter 13. So, I'll read it and you guys can follow along salt and earth you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men so for those who are interested in learning how to follow jesus uh, jesus said you are the salt of the earth he didn't want them to be the spice of life or nice hard-working folk that's kind of what the mean means to us today. It's, it's you know, the, the hardworking blue-collar man is the salt of the earth. And that's not what Jesus is meaning here. At the time that Jesus was, was preaching, salt was a very important part of, of, of the day-to-day -day life of people. I remember that back at this time there wasn't any refrigeration, so salt was the way that they would preserve food. It was a way of making your food edible and thought it would keep. And it prevented from rot from getting into it. And so a people, a community, that are living life as followers of Jesus are called to be a preservative of their society, salt. 
So many people in our society today are suffering depression, pornography, drug addiction, overwhelmed by debt. That's a big one now. Alcohol abuse, gambling, sexual addiction, and the list can go on and on. Many people live quiet lives of pain. They keep it to themselves. They're, they're not telling you. You may think they have it all together, but secretly they're falling apart. Apparently seeing life with no hope and no reason. And a community of people who are living to be followers of Jesus can point to a better life. The values they live by, the standards they follow, the causes they champion, the love they share, and the hope that they point to as they bear witness to, the, to God's truth and His love and the positive influence that this can have on the world around them. In fact, Christians have been at the forefront of the fight of many social reforms. To end slavery, William Wilberforce was at the forefront of the fight. And in the United States, Martin Luther King Jr. was at the forefront of the fight for civil rights and equal rights. And more recently, although not that, that far into the future for Martin Luther King, we have Desmond Tutu and his fight against uh, apartheid in South Africa. And even singers like Bono, who are deeply Christian in their own way, spearhead the fight against global HIV AIDS. And this is only to name some of the prominent people. This isn't to even touch base on the thousands and thousands of other people who are following Christ and in Christ's name are there witnessing and, and serving. But they're not necessarily in the spotlight, but they're being salt to the earth in no less ways. But unfortunately, the call to live as a preservative has sometimes been misunderstood by Christians. Sometimes Christians see this as that they become the moral judges of a society and of people around them and the watchdogs. Kind of the comic version of this would be Dana Carvey's The Church Lady. But this is an affront to Jesus. The Christian community is to not to to be judgmental in this way, it's to gain its influence by modeling a lifestyle of loving, caring, gentleness that proves almost irresistible. We shouldn't be passing judgment but reaching our hands out in love. And living as followers of Jesus involves much more than simply going to church, the building. We must remove the phrase going to church in this sense from our faith vocabulary and replace it with being the church. It's not something we go to, it's something we are. It's not the building holds us, we don't hold the building. And we are called to be the salt of the earth to this culture, this time. And we don't go to church on Sundays at 11 and just cease to be Christians after we leave. You're called to be the church wherever we go. And as we learn to be followers of Jesus right from the beginning. We are called into this. Well, we have a question for you to discuss today. And as usual, we hope that you won't just uh, think about it on your own, but that you'll share your thoughts with some friends, family, colleagues, fellow commuters, somebody else in your life who might benefit from taking this course to help them grow as a Christian. Here's your question for today. Where have you experienced Christian community before? 
Well, have a great discussion, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.